Welcome to Private Club Radio, your weekly source for industry education, news and discussion. Broadcasting from Tampa, Florida, ladies and gentlemen, here is your host, Gabriel Aloisi. What's the future of club management? What's the future of private club leadership and talent? We're going to talk to two guys who I think have a great perspective to lend to this topic because they're two young professionals in the club industry and two that I admire and respect. I really enjoy following both of these guys on social media and seeing what they're doing in their careers. We're chatting today with Ben McWilliams and Dominique Gray of Dunwoody Country Club. And these guys were so kind last time I was up in the Atlanta area to give me a tour of Dunwoody Country Club and what they're doing there. And I thought it was such a great story that we had to come on Private Club Radio and do it. Finally, all of our schedules came together, and this interview that you're about to hear is the result. Enjoy. I'm really excited to bring on two rising stars in the club industry, Dominic Gray and Ben McWilliams of Dunwoody Country Club to the show. Gents, how are you doing today? Doing wonderful. Thank you for having us on. Excellent, excellent. Try not to freeze in this frigid weather. Gotta <laughs> yeah, love it. You guys have like a cold yeah. snap going on, don't you? That's crazy. It's too it early goes from for that. seventy to forty in a day. It's too early for that. Oh my goodness. <laughs> well, like I said, I'm excited to have you guys on because I want to talk about being a young manager in this industry and kind of where you guys see this industry going as two young two young professionals in club management. So, Ben, I'm going to direct this first question to you. I know when you came on board at Dunwoody Country Club, you wanted to make some changes right away. Could you tell us about what that was? Yeah, certainly. Um, so I took over as, as clubhouse manager here about two years ago. And, and you know, particularly for Dunwoody, as we've seen tremendous growth uh, here over the last couple of years. And um, just looking at the club as a whole um, and kind of coming up and, and seeing um, you know, how we had a lot of younger managers that were getting into the industry, but leaving um, before they even really kind of hit their prime or they were able to really start doing work that they liked to do. Um, you know, so you weren't keeping talented individuals in the industry for a long time. Everybody was constantly trying to hire people. Um, and I kind of took a step back and tried to find a, a system at the club that I could implement that would allow, you know, opportunities for growth, development, uh, to keep managers here for a long time. Um, and to really kind of stabilize what we were going through um, and looked at really approaching it to where you know, I wanted our managers to try to work more of a consistent, you know, 45 hour work week to be able to have, you know, some consistent weekends off. Um, if you wanted to, to plan a trip or a vacation, uh, you had a lot more flexibility in doing so um, and, and try to create a little bit more of that work-life balance um, that, that, you know, everybody kind of, aims to have um, for them um, and really kind of get out of the mold of, of saying, you know, because I worked, you know, 65, 70, 80 hours a week, every week I worked, every holiday I worked, every every weekend, you know, saying that because I did that, they have to do that to earn their right. Um, and I think just kind of getting out of that mindset and changing it to where, um, you know, it took a little bit of an investment up front of, of you know, being committed to the budget and adding an additional person or two in there and then uh, taking the time to develop our, our internship program, um, kind of expanding that to management development program. Uh, and a lot of steps we kind of put in place to, to create avenues for younger managers and then just to keep people here 
uh, for, you know, just more consistency. Yeah. It's really the big thing. That work, work-life balance you mentioned is so important. And I think it's, it's, there's a completely different value system from, you know, the generation that came before younger guys like yourselves and, and even myself. I actually kind of like it when I, when I say that we close our office at 4.30 and people always kind of scratch their head when, when I tell them that. But we did it originally because yeah. I had a, a person who had a long commute. I didn't want her to have to go through rush hour traffic. Um, so there's, there's a value system that's changed. Dominique, what would you say attracted you yourself to that, uh, philosophy? Kind of goes hand in hand. Like Ben talked about, uh, you look at my people, people that graduated with myself from university of South Carolina, uh, my fellow colleagues are not in the industry no more because of the, the amount of hours they had to work and uh, whether it's holidays and being away from their family and friends, all that kind of, um, kind of jazz, but if you ultimately look at it, I mean, think about blue jeans in the, in the club culture, right? That was a big faux pas, you know, eight years ago. Now it's kind of club standard, you know, to allow your members to have jeans um, to, to come to the property. So that kind of goes hand in hand with us as a philosophy of, of, of management and keeping your, your staff on board where you want to, you know, set the standard, but still be able to be able to assimilate with the times, if you will. So right. um, allowing us to, have a, a, a larger management team and allow us to, you know, to, to not everybody have to, everybody doesn't have to close, right? You have one closing manager rather than, you know, everybody staying to the end of the shift um, kind of scenario. So it, it kind of works hand in hand. Yeah. Ben, what have been the results since you, you implemented that? I know you probably, you know, it took some time getting used to, but what's it, what's it been like since that's happened? Yeah. The, the, the biggest thing you look at for us is, is, is tenure of, of our management team. Um, you know, before we really kind of took this approach and looked at it, you know, I, I was doing really well if I got a manager to stay here for a year. Um, you know, they were looking at outside opportunities, you know, whether it was club related or non-club related, most, most of it, most of the times it was people from outside the industry were giving them opportunities and they were, they were leaving because, and the majority of those you know, we're related to not having to work weekends or nights or having to close three days a week or, you know, where it was that, you know, we didn't have managers that were staying over a year. Uh, and now almost every single one of my managers on staff has been here for over a year. That's awesome. Um, and not only to go with, to go with that, um, you know, we've created a development plan to where, you know, we did have a manager leave. I didn't have to post a job. Um, I was able to promote from within. Um, and really kind of continue to build, um, you know, up from there. So you had somebody that was already in place that's been trained, that knows the club culture, knows the staff, um, has, you know, knows the expectations and already has a little bit of his own vision, you know, where you're really not able to have much of a drop off. Um, you kind of just keep going and getting better. Um, and it, it's also brought in, you know, through our internship program, we've had some younger managers that come on that have just been really, really strong candidates. Um, and they see, you know, a future here because they see that you can be promoted from within and be able to move up and learn and get exposure to a lot of different areas. Uh, so it, it's really stabilized, you know, what we were, you know, doing. Um, and once you start to get people here for a year or two, you really start to get a lot more traction with stuff. Um, you know, a lot of times when you hire a manager, they spend six months getting used to the club, you know, the members, the staff, and then you get kind of a sweet spot where they're starting to put all their ideas into place and they're starting to do things. Um, but if you only have them for another, you know, three to four months after that, you know, you're not getting a lot of, of, of traction with things. And then you're changing over to somebody that has new ideas and new beliefs and all that stuff. Um, so now, 
you know, we have managers that have been here. The staff is more used to their management style. You know, there's a lot more consistency with that. Um, and even our staffing has started to, to kind of level out, stabilize because there's less turnover in a manager. You know, they're used to, you know, a lot of things, things being a lot more consistent for them. Mm. Um, so you have, you know, just overall, I think it helps maintain your morale um, and really kind of helps your environment, you know, across the board. Totally. Totally. I, I always say that, at least what I've found in my own business is that people, you know, money is great, but that's generally not the biggest motivator for people. You know, if they're choosing between one place and another, it really comes down to the company culture, to the values, to that work-life balance you talked about, to the leadership, and to really feeling like they're a part of a team and, and, and doing something great. So how have you tried to instill that in, in your team, kind of give them a vision for the future or have them realize what direction you'd like to see things headed. How do you approach that, Ben? Uh, I think the big thing was, was kind of sitting back and, and look at it. And, and honestly, when uh, Dominique came on board with us, this was the big thing that we talked about was was kind of trying to create a vision and a picture of what we wanted the club to look like. Um, you know, he certainly has come from a background where he's you know been a lot of at a lot of the top clubs um, in the country, and you know we've been to a lot of places through CMA and, and through um, you know our educational experiences. But looking at what we wanted Dunwoody to look at um, and kind of defining that and then creating kind of goals based off that to where our staff, you know, everybody knew what we were working towards. Um, and we kind of took, you know, the Platinum Clubs of America and wanted to be a Platinum Club and, and not necessarily being as focused on the designation, but more so being focused on what it meant to be one of those clubs and what it means for our membership and what they should expect and what they should experience. Uh, so a lot of it was just creating common goals, creating a common vision for everybody, and then really trying to get everybody on the same page to where they understood what that looked like. And, and everybody kind of started working towards that that same belief. Yeah, that's fantastic. Dominique, as Ben mentioned, you've been to a number of the finer clubs uh, in your career already, even if, even your young career, you've been a lot of places. What have you noticed been the, been the, been some holes or some areas that clubs could get better in, in terms of attracting some of that younger talent? Um, ultimately to be very upfront, um, with, with, with the student or, you know, the entry level manager, uh, when I was coming through, you know, uh, my undergraduate experience, we'd always get a GM coming in there talk about how great the industry, how, you know, how, how awesome it is, but, uh, they don't tell you about how, how much work they put into the, to reaching their goal, the GM. Um, so but being very upfront, being very blatant and talk about not, not so much all the positive, but actually talk about, you know, the gratification and the value that you get out of working that 55 hour week. Cause you know, no one wants to do that, but you know, if you work 55 hours and you made, or you touch, um, a certain family or, or member experience, you made, you know, what it is to be a part of that, that culture, that, that club. So, um, being honest and, and forthright, um, but ultimately like been talked about, we lost a lot of our managers to outside, um, entities. Uh, because they were promising, oh, well, you don't have to work weekends. Oh, I'll give you, you know, what five thousand dollars extra, and you don't have to work like a Saturday or something like. But trying to try to assimilate that same kind of thought process with your with your management staff. So, like for us, um, we have a lot of our our management are are very gun ho, you know, college sports fans. So how how can we, you know, you know, make that person feel, you know, welcome and loved at, at work? Well, you know, maybe maybe one. One Saturday after football season, that person gets off to watch, you know, that big rivalry Alabama LSU game, which we just had. Yeah. Um, granted, you know, our manager's favorite team lost, you know, so that was a good, <laughs> good thing to talk about with him, um, being an Alabama fan. But, you know, ha- 
allowing that opportunity for him to, to have that when you necessarily, you know, me and Ben, we wouldn't have that opportunity when we were coming into the industry because it was that mentality of, well, I work every Saturday, you have to work every Saturday uh, kind of thought process. Yeah. So trying to be upfront with them and then kind of simulate, you know, what what are some things that they like to do? Um, where they had like been touched on, what what do they aspire to do within their career field? Because it may not be club management. You know, what, what can they what can they learn from the, their role here that will help them? You know, be a a, a leader within within whatever industry they want to be a part of. So, um, I think those two things would would definitely you know allow us to get more young individuals in, inside the club industry. Because you know, trying to tell somebody, hey, you want to work every weekend. You're going to work every Christmas, every holiday. You won't be able to see your family on the holidays. And, oh, by the way, we're going to pay, you know, you know what, $40,000 to start your job. It doesn't right. look very appealing when everybody's getting these IT jobs, yeah. uh, making $70,000, $80,000 fresh out the gate. Yeah. So it's true. Um, I think trying to, trying to wrap their mind around it. I think you're so, you're so, well, I just think you're so right in terms of setting <clears throat> expectations, how important that is, uh, realistic expectations when people first start because, yeah, nobody likes surprises, but if you know what you're going into, and like you said, if you know, you know what that reward is in terms of the value that you can provide for another person, touch their lives. I think that uh, that's how you get people that will stick around past that one year mark for sure. Ben, what other what other opportunities yeah. do you see for young professionals like yourselves? Well, I think um, you know club management as a whole is branched off into so many different things now. Um, you look at just you know, with what technology has done, what new avenues it's created. Um, you know, you see teams um, going more into social media and having people that are dedicated just to that, um, that are dedicated to marketing. Um, you're seeing clubs that are doing stuff with recruiting, um, you know, where they're, you know, you have some clubs that are just, just focused on HR that are just doing hiring um, and staffing and, and traveling to different universities and speaking. Um, so there's, there's a lot of different branches that are out there. Um, and, you know, you're seeing, you know, we're evolving every day and, and, you know, clubs are coming up with incredible new ideas and, and new ways to provide for their members. Um, and each day there's new opportunities that are out there. Um, so it's, it's incredible just to see what new things clubs are doing and, and branching out. And I think that's one of the best things about the industry is you never very rarely do the same stuff every day. Um, there's always new opportunities to get involved in and, and clubs are always growing and moving in different directions. Um, so there's always just a lot of different you know, opportunities for you to be able to get involved and engaged and really kind of find what you're passionate about and then, you know, try to pursue that. Yeah. Well said. Dominique, another question for you, how important is it to get young leadership into your club so that, that you get new ideas and fresh ideas? Cause a lot of times, you know, the, especially if the, there's not, much changeover in the board in terms of the makeup, the general makeup of the board. How, how important is it to get just younger folks driving some of the, the new ideas at a club? Um, well, it's definitely needed if you want to keep that, that employee on, um, on board within, within said club. But um, like you just stated, you need fresh ideas. The membership wants fresh uh, events every season. The kid, uh, they're more in tune and aligned with your, your kid demographic, which I mean, for everybody in the, in the club industry, everybody's favorite demographic, right? How do you please the kids, right? Yeah. You please the kids, you please the, the parents, right? So um, having those individuals who are, you know, like been touched on, like closer to social media, closer to these new apps, TikTok, all these new different um, ways of advertising, you know, what the club has going on. Cause you know, I mean, when they become teenagers. I don't want to come to the club anymore. So how can we get, 
you know, someone, how can we think of somebody like I'm about to turn 30 and I, I can't relate with a, you know, 15 year old, but someone who's 24, 22, 21, 19, 18, they probably could relate to, you know, what the individual is, is looking for within their, their quote unquote club experience. Cause you know, they're members as well. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that we have to look at. So um, getting them, the individual involved with it. I mean, it's great every year when we do the career fair um, and you're able to see, you know, where these ideas spark from. Cause I guarantee, you, you know, these great ideas doesn't spark from that, you know, 75 year old GM that's been <laughs> in that club for 20 years. Yeah. It, it's come from, you know, that, that fresh intern who's coming in um, with all these different ideas and, and, and sometimes to a fault, you know, having those very green employees are very, very, you know, very awesome to have when it comes to idea sharing um, and, and making those thought processes. Yeah. And, and, and no fault to the 75 year old GMs out there. Of course, they're, they're not incapable, as you know, of, uh, of creating new fresh ideas, but a lot of times people just get, they get stuck and comfortable. And that happens a lot. And and, it, and if you don't change it up, then the experience gets stale and ultimately membership um, begins to suffer and the experience suffers. Um, and the, the whole the whole club ethos, I think, suffers. So I really think it is important to bring in some of those fresh concepts and listen. Uh, if you're a manager out there, you've got some new folks in there, listen to what they have to say and some of the ideas that they bring to the table. Ben, I'd like to ask you, you know, where are you getting some of your inspiration from uh, and where are you guys coming up with new ideas and, and new things? Um, well, I, I think I'm quite fortunate, um, you know, here at the club to have the team that I have around me. Um, and it kind of goes back to what you were just kind of saying. Um, you can't, you know, teach or train creativity for the most part. Um, so I'm pretty blessed to be able to have a team here that that has a group of very, very creative individuals that um, looks at stuff, you know, experiences they've gone through their own lives um, and sees how they can apply that to the club. Um, whether it's events that we do, you know, our, our social director is very creative. She's kind of always pushing the limits on things. Um, always, most of the conversations I have with her are typically uncomfortable for me because I know <laughs> she's trying to push us that's to funny. do something different. Um, but that's, that's, that's a great thing to have um, because we've done several events this year that, that in the past I probably would have said no to um, because it was stuff that we've, we've never done. I've never was, you know, comfortable if the membership would enjoy it. Um, if our culinary team would be up to the task, uh, we've done a lot of stuff that have been a lot more interactive and, and educational and hands-on for the membership. Um, it's stuff that they've never seen before. Um, so it's been, um, you know, a lot of fun to watch that. Um, and, and even, you know, we had some interns here that were, were really, you know, good with social media and they, they completely redid our, our Instagram um, over the summer and streamlined it and made it to where everything was set up completely different in ways that I would never, ever think of. Uh, so there's, there's definitely, I would say, you know, a lot of that comes from the team that's around me and I've just been fortunate enough to, to be able to surround myself with, um, you know, good, good people. Yeah. Um, and that's really the, the best way to be successful. Absolutely. I- I've got a friend and he's always in my ear telling me that, Gabe, you got to be, you got to take more risks. You got to take more risks because when you're, when you're playing it safe, that's actually the riskiest place to be nowadays because everyone is looking for, um, to elevate that experience and they're looking for something different out of the ordinary. Attention is so, is so vital nowadays. So if you, if you're actually not taking some of those chances and playing it safe, you're, you're, you're in a losing battle, I think. Um, one one other thing before we we switch gears that I, that I want to touch on is you know for the younger guys out there the younger gals 
out there uh, thinking about this career, what would be the best piece of advice that you'd have for them? Ben, I'll ask you that first, and then then I'll ask you, Dominique. Uh, the biggest thing that I would say, and I try to tell a lot of my younger managers, is, is to be patient. Um, everybody, a lot of times, goes into the industry and they they chase the title, or you know, a club specifically, or or something like that, and not necessarily what you know the job that's best suited for them. Um, you know, so I found sometimes just being patient, do your homework, make sure you know, you know, what exactly you're getting yourself into with your job, you know, where your long-term, you know, career will take you. Um, sometimes people will look at, you know, I can make, you know, $10,000 more, um, if I go to this club where, you know, you may be in that same position for four to five years and not too much of a pay bump. But if you stay at your current club and you're patient, you know, then maybe you know, in four to five years, you're going to make, you know, $15,000 more than what you would have if, if you would have gone to other clubs. Um, and not, not to say that, you know, changing clubs isn't, you know, there's nothing wrong with that. Um, you certainly, each time you do, you're going to learn and do new stuff, but make sure you're, you're patient, you're paying attention to what experiences you're going to get, um, making sure that you're constantly growing um, and just really doing all your homework to make sure you're going to the right fit at the right time and how that's going to impact you for the next, you know, for the next several years. Um, and not just that, that quick kind of six month to, to one year gap. Man, that's so good. That's, that's wonderful advice. Dominique, how would you add to that? Yeah. So mine's actually on the opposite spectrum, yeah. <laughs> opposite spectrum of that. That's, that's where we balance each other out. <laughs> that's funny. Um, I'm all, um, what I would tell a young manager is always volunteer yourself. The reason why I've been able to, to be where I'm at in my career so far right now it's just because I've always volunteered myself to, to step into the place. So if someone didn't want to do it, you know, I'll, I'll be the guy. You don't want to go and, you know, unclog the toilets. I'll go do it because you're going to learn a different skill set. So being open to do as to do any, being open to do anything and always volunteering yourself to do that, that, that hard project or do something that your boss didn't want to do. You know, the reason why I'm, um, uh, I'm able, I'm, I'm really good at putting things together because I was able to do the schedule at a very young age. Uh, when I first got my first career job, cause my, clubhouse manager didn't think that it was worthy of his title. Like someone else should be doing that. So I, I'll do it. You know, so always being able to volunteer yourself um, to do different things um, is definitely where I, where I would tell a, a young um, leader, uh, excuse me, young leader in our, in our industry to so always, you know, be looking, what can you do like right now, rather than having idle time, like what can I do be working on right now? It's going to get me closer to my goal. Um, so when I was very young, young in my career, I was trying to figure out, what can I do now that will set me up for that role down the line? So, you know, what skill sets can I learn, you know, while, you know, being an assistant manager that I know I'll need for the next week? Because, you know, when you get the leap, it's like, okay, we expect you to do X, Y, and Z. Well, well, you have to be predicated and be prepared for doing, you know, said, said responsibility. So yeah. um, trying to do as much as possible as you can um, while within your, your entry-level position. So, um, I think very opposite on that. I'll add to that and say he's, he's exactly right. And if you approach it with his mindset and a lot of times, uh, it kind of negates a little bit of what I'm talking about, because if you, if you are, if you do volunteer, you do, you are aggressive with your own education, your own learning and how hands-on you are, you are more prepared to make that next step sooner. Right. And so as long as you've done that and you're, you're, you're ready to go, then you're making the right move at the right time and you're doing what you're supposed to do. But you see a lot of kids these days that don't approach it like Dominique's talking about. And then they're, 
and then they're often not patient and then you see them go to the wrong job at the wrong time and they leave and then they leave the industry yeah yeah no i think those two pieces of advice actually go really well together they go hand in hand in, in my yeah. book um so well done guys that, that's excellent <clears throat> dominique uh you talked about kind of uh you know that you described that that hustle that you've got that passion that drive and that actually kind of bleeds through into some of your personal life and, and what you're interested outside of the club business. So I wanted to make sure that we touched on that before we wrap things up today. So I know you've got a, a charity and there's other things that you're passionate about. Can you t- tell us a little bit about who Dominique is outside of Dunwoody Country Club? Awesome. Well, it actually kind of pairs up. Uh, one of the coolest things I think we do here at Dunwoody is our charity. We we were able to donate uh, what was like uh, half a million dollars um, this past uh, August. Um, August to a Special Olympics in um, St. Jude. Awesome. Um, so, like my personal life of, of my nonprofit, Race for Achievement, you know, goes right in hand with what we do here at Dunwoody, with our membership being that tied to the community. So, um, I do have a nonprofit based off uh, off my best friend Tywanda Sanders, um, who was the youngest victim of the Charleston Church shooting five years ago. Um, he actually gave us the idea to start the the nonprofit. Uh, my, me and my friends thought it'd be a cool thing to do to give back to our alma mater at. Um, back home in Charleston, South Carolina, and um, gave out our first scholarship. And then 20 days later, as when we lost those eight, those nine lives, excuse me. So, told my friends that we need to kind of, kind of whip it into shape. Actually, got to be an actual organization. And uh, since then, we've been able to give away almost coming up on twelve thousand dollars worth of scholarships. We fed and closed over probably a thousand um, individuals in need in Charlotte. We do free SAT and ACT tutoring. Um, back home in, in Charleston, South Carolina, and, and always looking to give back to the community, um, at, at least um, what I do. I, I read the book, Start With Why, and my why is to make those who I come in contact with uh, feel loved and appreciated, and, and that goes hand-in-hand hand with what we do in, in hospitality. Um, but what I like to do outside the club is uh, like bring smiles to, to people who you know necessarily wouldn't have that opportunity to have a smile brought to them, if you will. Simon Sneck, it's a, it's a wonderful book. You're absolutely right. And man, how cool is that? Congratulations on, on raising those funds and, and helping these kids get to college. That's incredible, man. Congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. Ben, it, how about, it's really dope to be able to do it Yeah, away from the club and do it at the club, actually. That's so awesome. it's, it's, it's really cool to be a part. That's very cool. And you're heading to Europe soon, too, kind of in, in, in that. Mission, I am. Right? I am. So uh, for my big 30, 30, 30, uh, I turned 30 on the 19th. And uh, my grandma is, is born, was born and raised in Paris. So I'm um, starting out my trip. I want to check that out and hopefully see where she was raised and um, see where my great, great grandparents got married. And then from there, going up to Amsterdam and uh, from there, going to Porto, going to go to two port distilleries. So that's going to be pretty fun nice. and uh, ending it with Madrid. So it should be a very good trip for me to take. That's awesome. I'm jealous. Um, but I always love going on those types of trips because that's how you do bring bring inspiration ideas back to the club. You see those types of things and you see how they do it differently in Europe or, you know, you just get an idea anywhere and, and bring that back in. That's don't, really you cool. have a whole sh- don't you have a whole show comprised of traveling and doing some cool things already? So you, you, you kind of already beat, beat, beat everybody else to the punch there. Yeah, have fun doing it. <laughs> ben, how about uh, you, sir? Dominic's just, just trying to find his way to play through. Yes, we'll get you on there. Hey, we'll do it from Dunwoody. That'd be fun. <laughs> um, uh, ben, how about you? What, outside, of, outside of the club business, what are you interested in and what are some of your passions? Uh, so, you know, Dominique can attest to this. I'm definitely a big family man. Um, I have two young kids, a one and a half and a three and a half year old. Uh, so they certainly occupy a lot of time for me. Oh, yeah. Uh, but my wife and I are also, you know, involved in our church and 
have led small groups and, um, you know, she volunteers with the high school ministry at our church and, and things like that. Um, so a lot of it, you know, with how much time we do spend here, I do try to focus a lot of my time, you know, outside of work, just try to be very intentional of it, of it being family time. Um, so, you know, that's probably the, the biggest thing for me where I draw inspiration from is just trying to make sure that, you know, I'm kind of going down the path that's, that's best for my family and, and keep them as my uh, main focus. That's fantastic. It's so important. And I think a lot of people uh, can get wrapped up in the job and they, they lose focus sometimes of what's really important in life. And that, that's great that you're keeping that in front of mind. And that this is the most important time in, in any child's life. That's for sure. So guys, uh, appreciate it. I really enjoyed it. I think there's a lot of great information that our listeners are going to take back and hopefully put into action in their club. So I just want to thank you so much for sharing your wisdom here with me. Absolutely. Thank you, Gabe. Appreciate you having us on. Thanks for the opportunity, my man. Two awesome guys right there doing it right. Well, thank you for joining me here on Private Club Radio this week and hope you will come back next week once again. Between now and next week, I would love it if you could share this episode with just one person in the industry. That helps our show grow and it would mean the world to me. Now, before I let you go, let me mention one more time about one of our featured sponsors that I'm so excited about, Member Text. Member Text is a text messaging platform that can help you replace a lot of the email you're sending. It frees up club staff time and resources and your members will be happier for it. Check it out at membertext.net and tell them Gabe sent you. Private Club Radio is brought to you by Concert Golf Partners, helping to preserve and enhance private golf and country clubs. Visit concertgolfpartners.com to learn more about the recapitalization process.